Welcome to In the Grooves, the podcast where we break down the unbelievable, unpredictable, and unknown stories behind some of the greatest songs in history. I am one of your hosts, Nicole Fitzgerald Winters. And I am one of your hosts, Giovanni Gargiulo. Yeah! What are you guys listening to this week? Introduce yourself. They know who I am. No one knows who you are. Everyone knows who I am. That's Michael Nose in the Air Gargiulo. All the way. With the vibrato, though? (laughs) The falsetto. The falsetto. Yeah, we'll get up there. It's apropos for this episode. Um, How's everybody doing? Yeah, great. Not bad. Yeah, we're drinking. We're drinking. We're drinking. Got some fucking high noons over here. Nikki, what are you drinking? Dogfish. Dogfish. Dogfish head. Slightly mighty locale IPA. Oh. I like IPAs. IPAs don't like you. Good. I'm glad. We could fight. We can rumble. Mm. Michael Jackson style. Are you ill? I am not ill. My voice is gone. Okay, so we'll just get into it now, I guess. So on third, I'm going to give you the whole story from the beginning. Yeah, I'll give the short version of the story then. On Thursday. So (laughs) it was a bright, sunny day on Thursday morn. Once we woke from our slumber, we went to work and lived our lives. Mm. Thursday night, we were supposed to go to Orlando to see Roger Waters, lead singer Pink Floyd. Great concert. We've seen a bunch. We ended up getting hit with traffic. We couldn't make it to the concert in time for it to start. So we were like, fuck this. And you don't want to miss a Roger Waters intro. Like, it's just not worth it because he starts right on time every time. Yeah, you want to see the whole thing. It's an experience. It's developing. Because it was such bad rain here in Florida, the the time for the traffic was getting later and later. It's like, well, I'm not going to drive out there for half a concert. It was just you two? It was us and our, and and our other halves. The gals, okay. Yep, so... We end up instead just going to dinner and we my, were devastated. We were very upset. I can picture the car ride oh, yeah. being it was, traumatic. It was morose. For everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. So Mike cracks the joke. Oh, you know, it'd be funny if we went to Nashville on Saturday. And so we went ahead and did that. So Friday. You went to Nashville, Tennessee. So on Friday <laughs> yeah. after work, we drove 10 hours to fucking Nashville. Uh, we got there at 430 in the morning. We spent the day in downtown Nashville on Broadway, bar hopping and doing a food walkabout where we just kind of pop into different places and eat and drink and, and have, you know, food. And We were merry. We I were am merry. so jealous. Yeah. And so then we, Saturday night, we saw Roger Waters on time. Uh, not only that, but we we bought kind of cheap tickets because at this point, this was going to turn into a financial endeavor. Um, but while we were there, one of the people, one of the workers, uh, Mike, they spotted Mike and gave us tickets for the lower level. So we even got upgraded out of nowhere. You knew him or no. he was just like, no, look at this guy. Yeah. No, he was an employee yeah. of the venue at the Bridgestone Arena. Yep. And you just knew him or he no, just no, like. He was no, stopping no. people. He was just stopping uh, people. Like, hey, are you in the upper deck? Right. You want we to come have down some here? tickets down here. Do you yeah. want to sit down here? What is What a gem. Yep. Yeah. We saw Roger Waters. And then after that, we did some bar hopping. And then we went back to the hotel Sunday morning, woke up, had breakfast and fucking drove 10 hours home and went to work today, Monday morning. So anyway, this is why my voice is like this. It from a lot of yelling during the concert and then subsequently at other kind of, you know, shows and honky tonks and different, you know, but also the car ride. I mean, it was just the car ride hours and hours of belting out yeah. tunes. Yeah. Just because you got to keep yourself awake. Out. You know what I mean? On a 10 hour drive where you didn't and really the sleep. tantrum that you both threw when you found uh, out you were going Thursday. to be right. Right. <clears throat> okay. We yeah. were. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it simmered for a minute, but. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we did this weekend. We we made a impromptu 
trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Which means That's like... amazing. Right. So what we're listening to this week is like everything because we had 20 hours to fill. Pretty much. Of music, but then also the show. So mostly Pink Floyd. Yeah. So we listened to some Pink Floyd, some Roger. <laughs> we, we went heavy into the uh, shitty 2000s playlist. We went heavy into Mike's random playlist and yeah. So was it you two in the front seat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. just traded Yeah. Because yeah. okay. listen, on any road trip, on any good road trip... The driver is the one who picks the music. That's it. Because they, they're they the ones who have to stay awake. So you they get to choose whatever the fuck it is that they want to listen to that's going to keep them up. Them's the rules. Them's the, the unwritten rules. rules of the road. Exactly. So that's why my voice is like this. Obviously, Mike is not like this because he didn't have as much fun as I did. Did your passengers <laughs> have fun or was it just you two living your best life I would in say the front? They had fun. I would, yeah, they, had, they definitely had fun. And for the most part, we were singing together. Well, the two of us were singing together. But right. I mean, <laughs> but yes. no, they knew, the, they knew they a lot knew of a the lot playlists of and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Now, the funny part though is because my brother drives a van, a minivan, we took the two middle seats out and the girls got to just create a makeshift bed in the <gasps> middle of the... So they essentially got to like lay down full on on the 10 hours. Cuties. Right? Yeah. They were they were traveling That's in style. Awesome. Yeah, they were definitely they had traveling their they style. had their laptops. Yeah, they downloaded like, a bunch of TV shows and watched it together and stuff while coming in and out of. They the were music in comfort. And, yeah, yeah. That's cool. So that is what we were listening to this week, Nicole. What Nicole Fitzgerald Winters? What were you listening to this week? The corn song. Oh, like how <laughs> am, I can't I escape hearing, this it's shit. Cone. Yeah. <laughs> oh right. This this corn song. Not I was thinking you meant band. corn the band. Like, <laughs> Absolutely like, not. I cannot have any more of it. Um. Other than that, if you don't know, it's a, a TikTok trend going around. Um, somebody made a song about corn. It's fantastic. Like <laughs> very controversial corn. opinion, but I love that. Hot take coming in. Right. right. You're all you're ready to buy the corn album, not um, freak on a leash. <laughs> I've been listening to a band called Tiger's Jaw. What do they what do they do? What like alternative indie. Okay. I'm good. From what generation? Are they current? Um, I believe they may have some current stuff, but more so back in like the late 2000, okay. like 12 ish as I was coming out of your you know, email my college. Phase and your... Oh, I, I'm not out of my email phase, <laughs> <laughs> but I was entering more of like my indie realm. Okay. You know what I nice. mean? I do. I know. Exactly. Blossoming, coming out of the aughts. Button yeah. ups all the way. Mm-hmm. Buttoned right. up. Yep. Yep. Sweater vests. Sweater vests. Nice. <laughs> Bet. Well. I think that all sounds great. I think you had an equally engaging and entertaining weekend. Okay. You didn't. I it definitely um, wasn't I the didn't. same. We're not on the same no, level. No, we're yeah. not on the same level. No. I didn't even have Wi-Fi. Oh. Yeah. So. What's that about? Wi-Fi down at the house? Yeah. First oh. world problems, man. Yeah, that's true. I did not know what to do with myself. Yeah. You just leave the house. Ugh, yeah. Right. But how can you with the I mean, Wi-Fi? Just no, you go. You all right, lie. let me not. All right, so um, this is this is all great. <laughs> great stuff. the records, man. Yeah. Uh, so this week's song is "Give Me Shelter" by the Rolling Stones, 1969, off the album "Let It Bleed." Mm. Um, we are going to break it all the way down. So, as everybody probably knows, because this has been a staple of theirs for a long time, and if you've ever seen the Rolling Stones, it's remained in their set basically ever since they. Um, wrote it and recorded it. Um, a lot of the themes that are dealing with counterculture, um, 
some of the darker times. It's the end of the 60s. These 60s aren't shaping up the way that everybody thought it would. And there's war and there's murder and there's mm. violence and there's political turmoil, et cetera, et cetera. So um, Fitzgerald, what is this? If any, what does this song mean to you? Do you have any connection to it? Do you have any memory to it? Do you have anything that you can talk about? My mom loves the Stones. Mm. Oh, okay. Loves the Stones. Gail, so, shout out Gail. Shout out Gail. Yeah, she's crazy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just playing around the house. Um, this one wasn't as popular, but I definitely remember it playing. Mm -hmm. um, did you ask if I had it on a playlist? No, no not we'll yet. get to that. That's okay. Later. <laughs> you're glad to hear you're paying attention <laughs> she's like seven yeah, yeah. wait what? <laughs> uh giovanni um so i don't think i have a direct memory of this in fact i don't know that so i personally am not the biggest stones fan i like some stones i like more of the early stones than the 80s and later stones um so i don't necessarily remember this being a staple in the household when we were growing up. Um, so I'm much more connect to the song as an adult. In fact, and we'll talk about it later, but it is my favorite Stone song. Bet. It's probably a lot of people's favorite Stone song, but it's uh, it stands out for sure. Yeah. I would say that um, my memory is mostly due to Martin Scorsese, as this is apparently like his favorite song. He has it in like three movies in a row. Right, yeah, he it sure does. featured heavily in three right. movies in a row. Um, we'll get to that later, but... Uh, I think that um, having seen the Stones twice, how many times have you seen them? I saw Bridges to Babylon. That might be the only time. I think you? maybe only once. You ever see them? Yeah. Um, obviously, it brings the house down every time. But yeah, I, th I think that's where the majority of my memory comes from. I'm also a, a bigger fan of the, of the early 60s into the early 70s Stones and not so much beyond this part of their career. Um, so this is coming right at that sweet spot. Um, and they get a little more boring after this, but, but for me, um, this is like, in a way it's kind of like the apex of what they were doing in terms of their, uh, return to blues and soul that they kind of got away from with, um, that was kind of tanking their career previously when they were going to like, um, her satanic majesty's requests and all that, like it was not successful for them. Um, so when they jumped into like, let it bleed and then this, and they're like back to their roots, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, so that works. Uh, do you have any part, any piece, any section, any lyric of this song that stands out to you, Fitzgerald? I say this literally every time you ask. I love the intro when it comes in with the like, whoo, I just oh, said oh, that uh, so like. The actual intro, not like the kick in, like the actual yeah, the intro, intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's smooth. It, it definitely is. And it almost feels like borderline creepy. Like mm -hmm. I, I kind of love it. Um, and then there is a random guitar solo like midway through that I dig. Yeah. Hmm. Bet. Yeah. It, the intro is haunting as hell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Really, yeah. Done, really well done. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's Mary That was Clayton. really deep. Yeah. Are you it's Jason Aldean? I might be. I don't know. That's a country singer. That's a country singer. Baby drop. Dum -dum -dum -dum. Sure. Okay. Okay. I think there was a uh, restaurant in Nashville. Aldean. Jason. Oh, Aldean's. yeah, it was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Big one. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's Mary Clayton. This whole song, yeah, it, uh, is it's the backup vocalist and her part in the middle of that song is what makes the song for me, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'd say for me, and I, the consensus is probably going to be that that same thing. Right, uh, right. For me, yeah, mm. um, 
because she brings the house down, obviously, yeah, and we'll get into that. But down. like the part when her voice cracks, that's yep. like that's it. That's the point. Yep. That's the part right there. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so let's jump into a little bit about this. Um, Martin Scorsese first came across this song. In, no, I'm kidding. No, so you're starting with Scorsese. <laughs> no. <What? laughs> um, this is a, a Martin Scorsese. Oh, it's definitely a Martin Scorsese podcast for sure. Right. Like, I don't think that. Yeah, I think we can we can agree on that. Right. I mean, the dude is just. I don't. I mean, he's shit on Marvel, which is annoying. I mean, that's whatever. fine, but he's. I mean, there's an argument to be made that he's the best to do it. Uh, certainly of his generation um, of the American directors, it's like him and Spielberg are probably toe to toe. That's a conversation for another time, but yeah, you can't disparage Scorsese. Yeah. Um, so the track as we kind of touched on already was recorded during a dark period in history, but also a dark time in the band's career. Um, so the band's founder and original leader, Brian Jones had developed significant alcohol and drug abuse problems. Keith and Mick had, by this point, taken over the band as the songwriting team. Okay. Um, which was not the original intention. It was Brian Jones' band from the jump. They were doing blues covers and happy to be doing that. And he was playing, like, you know, all kinds of different instruments and all that stuff, et cetera. But I always find that interesting that, because I guess somewhere in my brain, and, and I don't know why, but I think. I always just kind of assume like the lead singer is the one who's writing like the music and the lyrics to every band. Like that's why they're the lead, but it's yeah. so often not that. Not yeah. Some. Robbie Krieger wrote my, light my fire. Always remember that. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's a strange thing in my brain that I'm always just like, Oh yeah, Mick Jagger, blah, blah, blah. He must be doing, you know, but, yeah. I mean, now hold on to be, to be clear. Like I said, Keith and Mick did take over that. That's fine. The duties, but all the, the early stuff wasn't necessarily, yeah. You know, you, I mean, you have to go back through the credits to see who actually wrote what. Right. I just mean in general, like yeah. Pink Floyd or Zeppelin or whatever. It's just like, oh, yeah, it doesn't. It's not fucking Roger Waters necessarily. It's not Robert Plant necessarily. It's, you know. I feel like a lot of movies portray it that way. Yeah. That like the lead singer is the one who like does all of the totally legwork agree. and everyone else just yeah. kind of shows up. Right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, in the case of Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin, yes, they did. But to your point, Fitzgerald and the point that you're trying that you're getting at. Yes. You, you, you know, you really have to do some work sometimes to be like, Oh, it really wasn't like, right. You know, a one man show or right, something. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. just the front man or he's just the guitarist or right. whatever. Yeah. You know. Um, so, so yeah, so the evolution of the band was going in that direction at this point, they were a songwriting team. They were writing hits. They were doing the thing. They were doing the Lennon McCartney thing. Right. They were behind that. And as you probably know, just from history, like the Beatles versus the stones was a thing that the media cooked up so that there was, you know, competition and, you know, yeah. Well, what were then clicks? Yeah, <laughs> you're allowed to like both, just so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I do. Yeah. So, um, the band's manager at the time, Andrew Lou Goldman, also encouraged that uh, that transition. Um, for you're saying at the time? Do we know when this is? What around 1968, 1969? Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Brian Jones starts to feel alienated. Um, he feels the pressure from being on the road, from being from fame. Um. All of this is culminating. He becomes unreliable. His moods kind of become erratic. His relationship with the rest of the band is strained. Um, his girlfriend, Anita Pallenberg, left him for Keith Richards. Ooh, Jeez. that's rough. In the same band? Uh-huh. Um, he had been arrested for drug possession twice. It got to the point where he would scarcely show up to the studio. He wasn't really contributing to the songwriting or recording or producing. Wow. Um. The band also had designs on doing uh, a tour of the U.S. in 1969. They hadn't been back in three years. They knew that Brian Jones was not in any 
position or um, condition right. to do that. So uh, ultimately, they fire him during the recording sessions. <laughs> um, he's replaced by uh, Mick Taylor to finish out, which was only really two songs. Essentially, if on the record, um, Keith plays essentially all the guitar work. So the rhythm and the lead, he just does it all okay. for, the, for the most part. Um, Brian Jones died less than a month later. Wow. wow. He drowned in his swimming pool. Ugh. Age 27. Jesus. That's the other thing about doing this podcast is that I don't think I realize how young so many of these artists are that we're talking about. Like, man, could, I, I can't... Like I t- at my at my older age now, I completely understand artists that go off the deep end when they are given that much money at that age. Because I cannot imagine what type of person I would be if I had just access to an a, a seemingly unlimited amount of wealth at that age. Like, holy shit! It, it's unbelievable that it's not even more prevalent than it is, which it is obviously incredibly prevalent. Mm-hmm. But my God, I would have a giraffe. So you would have the, a, a she, what? she'd buy a giraffe. Would, oh, a giraffe. Right. I'm sorry. She's she got a she giraffe. Goes, I'm like, what are you drafting? No, what are she's we saying that she would go full Michael Jackson with it? Oh yeah. Like she would full just Neverland. start immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was it a suicide? Was it um, drugs? It, and is, he... it was essentially drowned as like, it, um, it was essentially, uh, categorized as like an a drug induced misadventure. Mm. Yeah. Like an, an accident. Yeah. But... Basically. Yeah. He was alone. He was at his house and yeah. Wow. Wandered around. Yep. Sure. So, um, so yeah, I mean, and, and the pressure on top of all that, because it's oh, not yeah. just the money that comes with it. It's like, and, and there obviously have been countless stories and sure. hell, songs and albums written about the pressure of, right. you know, following up your success, et cetera, et cetera. So um, anyway, the uh, Mick Taylor replaced him. He finished like the last two tracks that he had to do. Is uh, it shitty having two Micks in a band? What a and strange. that's such a strange name. Yeah, it's not too. common. In the UK, it's way more common. No. Like they put out on like a milk carton, like, need another mix? <laughs> Looking <laughs> for mix here. anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> right. Need another mix? Trot them down to the studio. Right. Just form a queue. A lineup, the front. like we'll take yeah. number eight. Right. Yeah. This fucking band only's got one mix. We're right. one mix short. We need yeah. a mix. Yeah. With the tall mix stand, come come to the front. Thank right. you. <laughs> short mix in yeah. the back. Yeah. Um, As a side... Uh, as a side note, and this is not necessarily intentional, this track was never released as a single. Really? So it's not on the charts. So the album wow. peaked at number one in the UK, number three in the US. Which album is it? Let It Bleed. Let It Bleed. So it's a massive success, but yeah. the track itself was not released as a single. The huh. album is a huge success, though. Right. Right. Um, and they're back to back, like Beggar's Banquet and this. They were actually kind of recorded almost around the same time, and they were released like back to back years. Um, and it was like the Rolling Stones comeback essentially. Hmm. Um, So Mick Jagger described Let It Be to Rolling Stone magazine in 1995. Well, it's a very rough, very violent era. The Vietnam War, violence on the screens, pillage and burning. And Vietnam was not a war as we knew it in the conventional sense. People objected and people didn't want to fight it. The people that were there weren't doing well. Hmm. Now, can I just, can I jump in? Yeah. Just to be clear, you guys can both jump in at any. Time. Yeah, just to be clear, this is let it bleed and not let it be right. like you just said, you <laughs> fucking idiot face. I don't think I said that. We you both did. looked at each other immediately and said, "Let it be." So all of our listeners right now are like, "What the fuck is this? What's it? What's it called when you when you're writing a book and the narrator is uh um like you can't trust the narrator? It's a term, unreliable unreliable narrator. narrator. That's what you are, you piece of shit. 
I hope you're happy. I don't believe you. So, um, playback. Rewind the tape. (laughs) About Gimme Shelter specifically, Mick continued. That's kind of an end of the world song, really. It's Apocalypse. The whole record's like that, which is true. I mean, if you listen to the record, you know, there's the themes are essentially all following that same kind of path. Do you know what else was on this album? Uh, You Can't Always Get What You Want was the other big hit on this record. All right. Mm-hmm. Which is like stunning. Yeah. It's like one of their best sure. pieces for sure. Um, Keith Richards told Harper's Bazaar, um, I'd been sitting by the window of my friend Robert Frazier's apartment in on Mount Street in London with an acoustic guitar when suddenly the sky went completely black and an incredible monsoon came down. It was just people running about looking for shelter. That was the germ of the idea for Gimme Shelter. Hmm. So that imagery, which is tied to the themes of the songs, you know, as I said, the 60s are dead, you know, the hippie hopes never really materialized, war, murder, political violence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Everything kind of feels like it's going to hell. So that's just like some background on the song. We've all heard it. It is, you know, kind of upfront and it's different from what they had done in the, in the past because all the themes are on this same kind of wavelength. You know what I mean? The vibe is, the vibe's dark. Yeah. I definitely set this song apart from... Uh, certainly the earlier stuff. I mean, you know, you get Painted Black, which is obviously pretty dark. And you, um, you can. Sympathy for the Devil, fine. But like... Yeah, but me, even if it's is, like tongue in cheek. Right. Whereas this is like... This is, yeah, this is in your face. Much heavier yeah. material. Agreed. Yeah, like the intro, like you you said it perfectly. It's haunting. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's... Yeah. So um, the real gem of the song, as we um, started to touch on earlier, is the appearance of 20-year-old... Wow. 20-year-old singer Mary... Clayton, M E R R Y Clayton. Yep. Um, who committed to tape one of the most recognizable and moving vocal duet takes in all of pop music, arranged by friend and producer Jack Nietzsche. Um, as a last minute idea, in the wee hours of the morning while they were recording, uh, they collectively decided that they needed a woman on the track to sing the uh, rape, murder, it's just a shot away bit that Mick Jagger wrote. Um, So in 2012, Jagger told NPR, we randomly phoned up this poor lady, Mary Clayton, in the middle of the night, and she arrived in her curlers and proceeded to do that in one or two takes, which is pretty amazing. Jesus Christ. She came in. She's chilling in a nighty. Yeah. It's like like time. She's ready to Right. Right. Um, She came in and knocked off this rather odd lyric, which she had written, you know, Um, and it's not the sort of lyric you give everyone, rape, murder, it's just a shot away, but she really got into it, as you can hear on the record. Uh, She joins the chorus. Um, and it's been a great live song ever since. Do we know like how they, I mean, she's 20 years old. I think I saw that she's like a gospel singer. Like, do you know how like she even came across their radar? Uh, so Nietzsche knew her okay. and she was, she had been working, which um, I'll get into a, a little bit. Um, but she was a, a Phil Spector girl and, and so she had done okay. some work already, but yeah, she came up as a gospel singer, as is so often the case right. and, um, had, had done some work. And so she was on the radar, but it was like, I mean, you'll as as he kind of mentioned, it's like middle of the night. We got to make someone a call. had her number, yeah, so they right. were just like, "Right, what you doing?" Yeah, thank <laughs> you know? God she doesn't sound like you do when you wake up. Yeah, just all the way down here. Yeah, right, and she's also like pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah. she's out of control. It's 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 incredible. Um, so Mary is featured in the film Twenty Feet from Stardom, the Oscar-winning documentary from 2013, um, which was essentially about the life of backup singers and the lack of credit that they got mm-hmm. and what their journey was like. And have, have you, have you ever seen it? No, I've never mm-hmm. even. It's heard unbelievable. Of it. Okay, what's it called? Twenty Feet from Stardom. Huh. Um, oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, watch That's this movie. Recent, right? That's 2013. Not... Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. 
um, see this movie. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so she had already worked with the likes of Ray Charles, Burt Bacharach, Elvis Presley. Oh, okay. So she was known it, it, she, in... She was working. Well, yeah. yeah well, but yeah, but... She's known names. enough in the industry, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, that... For sure. Yeah. But, but again, only 20, like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, so, at the time, she was four months pregnant. Wow. She's getting ready for bed one night. Her husband gets the call. The Rolling Somebodies are on... The Rolling Somebodies <laughs> are in town recording... And they need somebody that'll sing with them. <laughs> the Rolling Somebodies. Could you fucking imagine? Yeah. And this is in the 70s. Like, they're already a fucking mega band. Like, they're already, you know, absolutely enormous. Yep. Can you imagine being like the Rolling Somebodies? The Rolling uh, yeah. Boulders? Yeah. Uh, right. Sticks? <laughs> yeah. Rolling yeah. Sticks? Could you fucking imagine? Yeah. John John uh, Lebanon or somebody's <laughs> calling you. I don't know. The Slugs. Right. Right. Um, she takes the call. He, you know, he hands her the phone, and and they start to kind of describe, you know, what the lyric is. And she's like, I don't know about you're like you're kidding me. And right. and so the husband convinced her, like, yes, just you no, know, do it. Put, yeah, it's the rolling somebodies. It. You got yeah. to do it. Right, good, right. I'm not sure who they are, but this sounds really. Uh... Yeah, yeah. They called this late. It must be serious. Yeah, yeah. Um, she heads down there and she belts out the first take, like whoa, wow. Um, they ask her if she'll do another one, and she says to herself. I'm going to do another one and I'm going to blow them out of this room. And she fucking does. So could you imagine what that car ride, like her driving to this fucking audition? She I put mean, on maybe a Chanel audition. scarf on her head, oh. a mink coat, did her makeup and went out the door. Wow. I just like imagine like doing like your vocal warm because most singers do like some sort of vocal warm ups before they, mm -hmm. before yeah. they record or whatever. But could you imagine like... And I know no, obviously none of us are in that level of the industry or anything, but could you just imagine if you were, but you're still kind of small time. I mean, she's not a big name or anything. I mean, you're just a backup singer. Man. Right. Like, and, but you get that call and you're like, you're, I'm just going to drive to the rolling somebodies and, and yeah, you, like, oh, it's yeah. fucked up. Right. Um, but she wasn't going to play. She wasn't, yeah. she wasn't here oh, to play. Right. I'm right. I, I'm not just throwing spaghetti right. against the wall And here. she put herself as together as she could to roll down there in the middle of the night because the call came around like midnight or like 2 a.m. when they wow. were in there. You know, and again, to your point, you know, it's cold. It's damp. They're out there. It's, it's winter when they're doing it. So she rolls into the studio, right? And actually in the movie, they play back the isolated vocal and you can hear when she does go up into an into the higher octave and her voice cracks yeah. and you can hear Mick Jagger go, woo, like right after she does it, like you can hear it all. That's cool. Um, please see this movie. Like you have yeah, to say, yeah, sounds it sounds good. like I definitely want to. Um, so they're just absolutely thrilled, right? She goes in, does the two takes in the middle of the night and her damn curlers, crushes it, right? Unbelievable. While pregnant. Right. <laughs> just crazy. Um, and that's the kind of the baby is in there like, what the fuck is she screaming right, about now? Like, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. Um, the day after the session, she had a miscarriage. Oh, that is fucking awful. Why'd you have to bring it down? Right. Like we were so excited to pass along history. This is just how it happened. Um, so terrible. It is believed that the immense strain of the vocal performance contributed to the miscarriage. Oh, now, they that don't know for thing? sure. Yep. That sounds like some 70s doctor shit Maybe. where it's like, do some cocaine later. Like that, uh, come on, singing? Maybe. But she said that, I mean, that's what she said. And you said she only did two takes? Uh, at least two takes is what they know, is what oh, they know of. And two. this is her, this is how she described it in both in the film and in interviews. All right. Well, I mean, I'm not a fucking medical doctor. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I've never been pregnant, but I've never heard of yep. like, That's people wild. drink 
and smoke all yeah. the way through pregnancy than she sang. They sure do. Well, maybe mm-hmm. she just like stressed her out so much. Maybe that car That's ride was, was way worse. That's what I was going to say. Maybe yeah. Just... Maybe stress leading up to it. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Could mm-hmm. be. So in 2021, she told The Guardian, we lost a little girl. It took me years and years and years to get over that. Mm-hmm. You had all the success with Gimme Shelter and you had the heartbreak with this song. It left a dark taste in my mouth and it was a rough, rough time. This has like, um, I mean, obviously the death of an unborn child is, is on another level. So I'm not comparing these two things necessarily, but this, this to me has that same feel and vibe, like, um, uh, the Verve song. Oh, Bittersweet Symphony. Bittersweet Symphony. Mm -hmm. That like the song almost dictates Mm. the outcome Mm. based on, you know, the, the hurt and pain. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously you can understand like her sentiment about the song, et cetera, after the fact, right? Right. Oh God, could you imagine ever hearing it again? And just like, yeah. Ugh. On the record, her name is printed as Mary, M-A-R-Y. Uh, instead oh, of a fucking misprinted her name. Yep. Come on, bro. Um, so throughout the seventies, she continues to work. Um, she worked with artists like Ringo Starr, Carol King, Joe Cocker. Um, she's on Feeling All Right by Joe Cocker. Feeling All Right. Yep, she's on that. Um, she can also be heard on Leonard Skinner's Sweet Home Alabama. Mm. She's on that as well. Um, producer Lou Adler signed her to his label where she released her own gospel-inspired albums as well. Oh, great cool. for her. I'm so happy for her. Yep. Um, she also got to perform as the Acid Queen in the Who's All-Star Fuck Orchestral oh. production of Tommy in the at the Rainbow Theater in 1972. Cool. That's cool. Right? Cool. Cool, man. <laughs> Big Tommy fan over here. So. Yeah, yeah. Huge Tommy fan. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. Um, in 2014, mm. she was in a car accident. Did she die? Uh, doctors had to amputate both legs below the knees. Jesus Christ. You know, you really like to bring this fucking whole thing down. I don't like down. to do any of this. This Every- is just what happened. This He goes like this, right? So she's really, she's doing well. She's on this thing. Oh, by the way, her baby died. Right. Um, but you know what? No, she came back. She's making her own stuff. And then she gets no legs. Right. But like, why is he smiling while telling the story? Because I don't understand that I'm, it's like you want to, you want to attack the messenger is what you're doing. Like I do want to attack the messenger. Yeah, I'd like to. Don't shoot kill him. the messenger, man. Um, when she had woken up and the doctors explained what she had done, she just asked if her voice was okay. Was it? Well, that's her. It was maker. okay. A week after leaving the hospital, she recorded backing vocals for Coldplay's album "A Head Full of Dreams." Oh no, shit! Wow. One week. Wow. I mean, it's been one week since you looked at me. Okay. Oh. Just turn off his mic if you could just. <laughs> He's on a timeout for, um, anyway, she, she continues to record and release her own music. Um, but she bounced back. So anyway, all said and done, she still gets to work and still gets to do what she loves. What a resilient ass chick, man. That's awesome. That's so cool that she was able to persevere through all of that because that, I mean, losing your child during, like, think about losing your child the day after recording what probably at the time was the biggest song that you may or may not have ever recorded, uh, and, but like, I feel like a lot of people would then attribute those two things. You know what I mean? It would be right, you like connected every time right. I now got a call about doing a song, I would always think about mm-hmm. my unborn yeah. child. You know, it's like, so the fact that she was able to push through that, incredible. Did she ever have kids? 
I do not know. Wow. That's excellent research. Right? Like, would you just stop there? <laughs> I didn't stop there. I mean, that's kind of the end of her story. Like, she made it through to the end and she did great things. We're happy for her. She she rose like a phoenix, as they say. She has a son, Kevin Amy. This is good podcasting. Yeah. Good job, dude. Yep. Um, so that's the end of her part of it. Now, just as a, uh, a little post-credit scene as it relates to giving shelter, um, on December 6th, 1970, so that's a day after the anniversary of the song, mm -hmm. uh, the band released the documentary, Gimme Shelter. Are you all familiar? I've never seen it. Okay. I haven't seen um, it. So that's a documentary um, which filmed and followed the band for the last few weeks of that 1969 tour in the U.S. that they ended up going on. Huh. Um, the documentary captures the tragedy that occurred during the show at the Altamont Speedway free concert. 18-year-old Meredith Hunter was stabbed to death by the Hells Angels. Um, they were hired to work security for the show. They basically brought like pool cues and um, like biker chains to try to like be security right. <laughs> as best they could. Wasn't the first time they'd been hired I to say, didn't do they do security, it like Woodstock and shit? I don't know if they did it at Woodstock, but it definitely wasn't the first time they'd been hired to do security. Yeah. But this was basically meant to be like Woodstock West. Like it was supposed to have... Well, it did have like Jefferson Airplane. It had it was going to have the Grateful Dead, but the Grateful Dead backed out when they got there because of all the violence. They're like, yeah, we're not playing. Goodbye. Wow. Oh, my God. Um, so um, this is all captured on film, including the murder. Wow. You can see it in the documentary. They yeah. murdered a woman, though? It's a dude. It's a 18-year-old teen, oh. teenage boy. Oh. Yeah. They said um, there was a lot of scuffling and you know, shoving and problems right. in the crowd throughout. Cause the lo the longer the night went on or the day into the night went on, everybody's drinking, everybody's doing drugs and it's just getting like worse and worse. It was not like Woodstock. Right. Not you see the murder them. on. Yep. You sure can. And you can see them watching the murder so that they're, cause they're talking about it. And because the, the documentary catches it, captures it. Um, it looks, they think the dude had a gun. He pulls out the gun. It's wow. It's heartbreaking. It's wow. terrible. I'm surprised that they released that as, like yeah, in the documentary. Right. Yeah. How did they kill him? They stabbed him. Yeah, he and got stabbed like, like six times. Yeah, it's horrifying. Jesus. I've seen it. If you haven't seen it, yeah, I mean, it's worth seeing. Yeah, because I skip it. I don't know if I want to. Yeah. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Um, Just that part. Yeah. In addition to that, there were two drive-by deaths and another LSD-induced drowning death at the show. How do you drown? They, they had a pool? I don't know, man. A puddle? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could right Facebook. It was out in Southern park. California. All right. Um, there were tons of injuries, stolen cars, property damage. It was just a mess all the way around. Okay. So I mean, well, I mean, this is famous. I, I'm yeah. surprised you guys don't know about it. But like the Ultimate Speedway show is like famously tragic. Humans are awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, they mean well. Um, one of the cameramen shooting the documentary, George Lucas. Wow. What? True story. -uh. None of his footage was used Jared in the final story? cut. Yeah, but yeah. George Lucas. How about huh. that? In reality. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Is that before Star Wars? Yes. Way before. Um, way be so before? It wasn't Star Wars in the 70s? This is 1970. I think Star Wars 1977. I don't know. Right? Yeah, I think 76. 76 or 77 for A New Hope. Yeah. Huh. Um, so anyway, none of his footage made it into the film. His camera jammed and he only got like a little bit of footage. He britted anyway. it? He britted it. Mm. He sure did. Right. Um, so again, the song was never released as a single, but it is immensely popular and is 
effing everywhere. Yeah, it really is. Um, we can just run down a few of these. Adventures in Babysitting. Um, yeah. 1977. Oh, bet. Yeah. So I was dead on. Um, Adventures in Babysitting, uh, The Three Banger, Goodfellas, Casino, and The Departed. All in a row. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like huge. Um, we it was, did it, Scorsese. Right. Uh, that 70s show, Air America, Lair Cake, um, Call of Duty, Black Ops. Oh, sure. <laughs> uh, Flight, the one with Denzel Washington. Uh, flies upside down or whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, it was an episode of Nip Tuck, The Simpsons, Person of Interest, Tuck. The Daily Show. Um, it was in the movie The Gambler. It was an episode of Dexter. Um, yeah. So it got around. All right. But in any event, uh, because it was not a single, it didn't chart. So, I mean, I can still uh, run down some of the chart positions, but it wasn't included. Now, the the choice to to make it a single is done by the studio and the band, right? So, well, usually the band and the label or somebody decides like, what would be the best lead on this? I don't I don't know that they had a single, um, but it was not this. Okay. Well, no, you said what's it called? Um, not Wild Horses. What'd you say? I said you can't always get what you want. Was there other uh, hit? But I don't know if that was even released as a single. I don't was think let it was. Let it bleed a single. Yes, uh, let it bleed was a single. Okay, there you go. And I, I think that was the lead single. I'm just not positive. Mm -hmm. um, but it also didn't... Well, we can still go through the top fives and see because I'm, I'm relatively confident that I would still say this song belongs to replace at least one of if those. You could, so let's right. just hear... I mean, even though they didn't try, let's still let's still hear what it was. Okay. Um, UK top five. Uh, Two Little Boys by Rolf Harris. You would not know that song. It's like Obviously. a very... It's, it sounds... Yeah, it sounds sketchy. It's not really sketchy, but it's almost like a... I don't want to call it a novelty song, but it's like a very weird, very British song. But okay. it didn't even make it to the U.S. Anyway, uh, number four, <laughs> Bridge Over Troubled Water. Yeah, The, and we've talked about this, single greatest song ever written. <laughs> right. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm not. I'll turn your fucking mic all the way off. Didn't we? Weren't we wasn't his supposed to be off already? No. Or were we on no. that? No. We didn't. We never. Okay. Uh, number three, <laughs> Band of Gold by Frida Payne. No. Yes, you do. Since you've been gone, all that's left is a band of gold. Nope. Yes, I know. Since you've been gone. Okay. Number two. Since you've been gone. <laughs> uh, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry. Oh, okay. I do know that. And number one, The Wonder of You by Elvis Presley. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, U.S. charts. Again, I put Give Me Shelter at the top of that list, beating out all of those songs. Including Bridge Over Troubled Water, which you Not just Bridge said Bridge is a great song. Water. Okay. Uh, U.S. charts. Um... Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head by B.J. Thomas. Fun song. Give Me Shelter's better. Although, you know. Uh, American Woman by The Guess Who. Mm -hmm. I like that song. Yeah. All American Is that I hate that song? I like that song. Oh. I do like that song. <laughs> Number two. They Long to Be Close to You. Oh, it's a good song, too. It's a good song. Man, this is... Uh, the American uh, Top 5 is crushing the Bringers like Top 5. Yeah. Oh, wait. There's only four. Whoops. Anyway. Uh, Number one. Number one. Do you want to guess what it is? Bridge Over Trouble Water. It is! There it is. <laughs> I told you, best song ever written. Well, it, it, according to the Americans in 1970, it was the best song. The yeah. Beatles didn't make it onto the UK top five? They sure didn't. Not in 1970, anyway. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would put Bridge Over Trouble Water, obviously, number one. I would put Gimme Shelter, number two. It, Gimme Shelter beats out every other song on, the, on both of those charts for me. Probably. What do you think, Fitzgerald? I would put it on. For sure. I would put it on the list. Yeah. Oh, okay. show. That's good. Uh, any final thoughts on Gimme Shelter before we jump into my brother's favorite part of the show? Mm -mm. 
just it's sad. It's super sad. It's it's pretty. But she didn't let it get her down. It's unbelievable. But even, not even her. I mean, you, you got to think about who's the uh, Johnson, Brian Johnson. Who's the guy? Brian Jones. Brian Jones. I mean, sad that all of that went on. It culminated. Right all during that, that ahead, yeah. there's a lot of loss surrounded by this song, and I again and the I, record, yeah, the whole time is just yeah, yeah. It, it brings back memories of talking about Bittersweet Symphony, about like you know, yeah, it, it almost was self fulfilling. It's yeah. really it's it's sad. It's pretty upsetting. Yeah, mm. but the song itself is upsetting. That's what I mean. So it's fitting. Yeah, yeah, but that's what we do here. Uh, yeah, we have to do the, these the truth is the weird truth. You and change the story. weird wild stuff. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unpredictable. Uh, they sure are. There it is. Yeah, very good. So it's playlist time. Everybody's favorite part of the show. Wait, didn't we do playlists before we rank it and all that? I mean, no. I we, like, all right, we'll rank it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, uh, should we hold on, Nikki? Do you think we should follow the fucking format of the podcast? Or if we, we didn't, if we wouldn't have. I would have flipped out. Right. Yeah, yeah. You would have flipped this table. It's fucking anarchy over here. You're right. right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, Fitzgerald, please rate this song from one to 10. Oh man. She's coming in hot. This is not, she's giving look me at her, fucking look at her, she's, look at her stupid yeah. ass shitting in grin. She looks like she's shitting her pants. <laughs> she looks <laughs> like she's pooping in a diaper. In, in the corner. You got a little poopy diaper? Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Okay. I don't feel like that's high enough. <laughs> okay. Eight. Explain yourself. It's an eight. (laughs) (laughs) That's no excuse, no reason behind it. I like this song. I don't think it's the best stone song. Oh, do you have a favorite? Hold on, we're gonna get to that. Okay, we're there's we live in a society. Where does that? We live in a fucking society. Okay. All right, Giovanni, rate this song from one to ten. For me, it is a ten. Nice. It's a ten for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving out a dime. Yeah. I'm giving out a dime on this. It's a, a dime 10. bag. So it's a 10. Can I, can I say something? Yeah. That I am shocked that you would give it a 10 knowing that the best part of the song is not credited properly. Pr- well, it's not credited properly, nor is it part of the actual band that, that is That's involved true. in making it. So you have discredited many a song in the past and given it lower marks <laughs> For, but they oh, well they didn't write the song or they did oh, write blah, it blah, though blah, blah, blah. but they did write that part but they didn't sing that part yeah but they wrote that part well they didn't sing that part okay well there are different session musicians on this record mm-hmm, mm-hmm. playing piano and strings etc so okay. uh, I'm giving this a dime because it sets out to do everything that it intends to do and they wrote every inch of it and it is executed flawlessly and be- even better than intended and they spent they spent enough time to go beyond getting it right so just unbelievable okay um. Nicole Fitzgerald, hmm. you've already told us that this is not the best stone song, in your opinion. Mm-mm. Okay, now's the time. Litigate it. Go. Make, your, I, make an argument. Well, there's no argument. This is just my opinion, which is correct. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I thought that was my thing. I love Can't Get No Satisfaction. Oh, that is like one of my least fucking favorite. I hate. Uh, now, hold on. Uh, yeah, no, it's unbelievable. Oh, now, boy. hold on. Do you... Is it just because it's um, like cliche to you at this point? Like it's overplayed? Yeah, it's probably and that's so why. overplayed that I'm just like, I never need okay. to hear that song So it's not really again. the song's fault. It's just like, no, it's you fine. Don't It's just also kind of boring to me. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, wow. uh, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, I, I also it. don't think it's their best song. It's a very good song though. It's but my favorite song. Satisfaction is. Yeah. yeah. And Jumpin' Jack Flash. I used to love I that like song. That. Yeah, yeah. Really? Now you're yeah. talking my language. Those are your, those are your killers. Yeah. Those are your Stones killers. Those are my two. Okay. Giovanni, is this the best Rolling Stones song? For me, it is. I'm close second would be like um, would be P 
paint it black and sympathy for the devil, but it it's mm, it is sympathy. Yeah, um, but it, it is my favorite because again, it, and it's it's because of Mary, but you cannot beat that fucking vo- like the emotion that goes on in that in the middle of that song when she fucking comes in. Yeah, you cannot fucking beat that, and no other Stone song has it. And so that that I'm aware of that I can think of, but I mean it is just it is so powerful. Yeah, I mean my my personal. I mean, it's like she, the, the lyrics she's singing, like it, 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 it embodies the emotion of the song and, and the fact that the voice break, and I don't know if that was intended no, or it not. Wasn't, no. Okay. So like, even that makes it feel so authentic to me. Like yeah. it feels like someone who is angry and fucking wants to rebel against it. Like it just, it is, it, she's all in. She right. It is it. so right. It's yeah. fucking, it's Kurt Cobain and fucking smells like teen spirit. It's just, yeah. it is so fucking powerful in that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, among my favorite Stone songs is like "Waiting on a Friend," as you know, "Sympathy," mm-hmm. "Can't Always Get What You Want," sure, and this. This is probably their best song. I think it's probably their best song. For basically, for all the reasons that you just said, it's like, it's a cut above. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, "Sympathy" is probably the only one that's that's as close. But yeah, I think I think they're probably right. Um, okay. Nicole Fitzgerald, do you have this on a playlist? And if so, do you play it or skip it? I do not have this on a playlist. Okay. Blasphemer. So I skip it. Okay. I you, do you're, not. You're skipping, you're skipping us right now. <laughs> I do not not like the song at all. I like the song. But okay. no, this was not a Stone song that I had or currently have. What? I had it on a playlist. You'd put Satisfaction twice before you put this on. <laughs> oh I, would have them, I would have them both. <laughs> okay. That's fair. But no. Okay, Giovanni. Yeah, so I have it on a Stones playlist and also just like a random classic. So for me, when I make when I make playlists of different artists, uh, I for me the you you can't have an artist that has like upwards of 15, 10 or fifteen hits. Yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna dilute the playlist with too many of one right. specific musician. And I'm not a huge Stones fan. I like again the early Stones. I want 19th uh, Mother's Helper and and mm-hmm. Jumpin' Jack Flash stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so I have it on also just like a classic rock playlist. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think I only have it on a Rolling Stones playlist, but I definitely yeah. and it's a, I'm sorry, it's and it's not a skip for me. It's 100 percent a play all the time. Yeah, if I'm gonna listen to it, if I'm gonna listen to the Stones and I'm gonna listen to that, I'm gonna roll right into yeah. it. Yep. Okay. Now is everybody's favorite part yeah. of the show, which is playlist time. Yeah. So, Nicole Fitzgerald Winters will kick us off. All right. Tell us about what kind of playlist could this song make an appearance on and please you. I made a playlist called Let 69. <laughs> <laughs> and. That is raunchy. And that's because of the song being recorded in 69. Correct. 70. Okay. Yeah. Obviously. Very good. All right. Tell us about it. Talk to us about it. Talk dirty to us, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So one of my favorite albums, Abbey Road. Mm. Okay. Uh, 69. Yeah. Um, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Hands down one of my favorite songs. That's good. Wow. A forgotten one. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked that that, that particular song, because I mean, Abbey Road, you take mm-hmm. that whole second half as one song. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, Give Me Shelter, Let It, Let It Bleed. Uh, Stones, obviously. Cosmic Blues, Janis Joplin, Proud Mary, Credence, Clearwater Revival. Mm-hmm. I Threw It All Away, Bob Dylan. Oh, Darling, my <laughs> second favorite 
Really? So, so you can just put all Abbey Road on that plate because yeah. I mean, yeah. the, so the whole album. Is I'm what, like obsessed minutes? with that album. Yeah. Okay. Um, then you can tell me goodbye, James Brown, mm. Space Oddity, David Bowie. That's the one. That's the one. And then I had to put it on here. Good golly, Miss Molly by Clear Credence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice, Giovanni. Let me guess. No, you know it just. <laughs> so in classic. Giovanni fashion, being an overachiever and everything in life, I have to. So rolling which, out of my head. I know, but you again, like last time, you might have one that is similar to mine. Maybe. So I have. So the first one I have, songs that are great because of non-staple band members. Oh, That's a very good one. Let's like go with that one. one. Okay. What's so the it's, other it's, one though? So it's like whether it's a session musician or a guest musician or something right. like that. Okay. Yep. Uh, the other one. No, was, hold on. I have another question. Okay. It's great because of them. So because my it might get a little loose. Okay. So hold on. So my playlist. Okay. Is uh, backups to the front, like songs where the backup singer either um, should be getting way more credit than they're getting, or is uh, or went on to be phenomenally famous and you don't realize it. Okay, so I probably have some of that crossover in this. So do you want me to do my other playlist and then we'll combine these two playlists like the other last one? time? Songs about structures. <laughs> art, it's, it's, it's the architect. He's like art, yep. he's the art vandalay of this of this podcast. Stop. Yeah. I just watched all of Seinfeld. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, art, let's let's go through the, the structures. structures? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Obviously, like our house is better songs beyond. that feature structures yeah. by Giovanni Gargiulo. <laughs> Let's so, get a T square. Everybody, get your T squares out. Yeah. Okay. So obviously, give me shelter. Our house. I called that one. Yeah. Bridge over troubled water. <sighs> you uh, couldn't fucking wait to put. Of that course, on I couldn't. Heartbreak. I will find any reason to shoehorn bridge <laughs> over troubled water. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heartbreak Hotel. Uh, Castles in the Sky. Hotel California. Brick House. Uh, I don't know if this is the title of the song. Our House in the Middle of the Street. Is that the title of that song? No. Or is that just Our House in, in the, the middle, middle of the street, street? Our House. Or is that also? I feel like it is. Because the other one is Our House yeah, is, is a, a very, 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 very fine, fine house. house. Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Um, house of the Rising Sun, Sugar Shack, oh. Take Me to Church. I don't think Sugar that's Shack. what the, the yeah. name of it is. I don't, it might not be, so I could. Isn't uh, that it could be called wrong. like Sugar Shack? No, no. Oh. Uh, Our House in the Middle of the Street. Look it up. I don't. I don't know what it's. This actually is great called. podcasting. Something about a yeah. brick. No. All right, keep going. Um, <laughs> Take Me to Church. Uh, okay. I was listening to that on the way here. I love that song. Oh, okay. um, another brick in the wall. All three parts. Yeah. Um, Winchester Cathedral. Oh, yeah, Winchester wow. Cathedral. You're bringing me down. Yeah. Um, in my room. It is called our that house. Fucking song. Yeah, You're welcome. That, uh, don't ever come at me again. What yep. was the last one? In my room. I fucking Beach Boys love, that, love song. that song. Yeah. Uh, White Room and oh, Burning Down love the House. That song too. Probably way more than that, but yeah, probably. But White House, is, White Room is White also Room. Up yeah. There. And okay. Burning Down the House. Yep. All right. So this is my playlist. That is. So oops. what are you calling it? Backs to the front. Uh, backups to the front. Backups to the front. <laughs> so this will be That's songs. specifically how you should never wipe. <laughs> That's You're exactly right. right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. This isn't just called back that ass up. Right. Back okay. to the front. Yeah. Um, front so again, back. this is this is songs where either the backup singer is not getting due credit, steals the show, or you have you don't realize who this person is. Okay. So uh, number one, um, which absolutely needs to be number one, is Claire Tory. Um, doing the great gig in the sky. I have that. You fucking piece of shit. Pink God White. damn it. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Um, incidentally, Claire Tory also went on to work with Prokel Harum and Meatloaf. She's 
she kept working. Good. She uh, Roger Waters as well. Um, Darlene Love, back up on Be My Baby, The Ronettes. She was another Phil Spector girl. She worked with Marvin Gaye, Elvis Presley, Luther Vandross, also in the documentary, oh. 25 from Stardom, uh, Do Not Sleep on Darlene Love. Okay. Um, beep, 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 beep. The Jordanaires. Um, they uh, are Gordon Stoker, Neil Matthews, Hoyt Hawkins, uh, famously from Don't Be Cruel or Hound Dog. Um, and with Elvis Presley's entire catalog from 1956 to 1970. Okay. These three guys got no credit for doing any of that backup. Oh, all right. Um, Mick Jagger, backups on You're So Vain by Carly Simon. That. Yep. Paula Cole, who replaced Sinead O'Connor um, for Peter Gabriel's entire Secret World Tour. Okay. Uh, Cheryl Crow, backup on Michael Jackson's Bad Tour. What? Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. I didn't know that. Cher. Another Phil Spector girl yep. as a teenager. I have that. You've lost that love and feeling. Uh huh. Yep. As well as Be My Baby, as well as The uh, Do Run Run. Oh, The Do Run Run Run. Real talk. Run, run. Dusty Springfield on The Bitch's Back. Elton oh, John. Elton John. Good one. One of his heroes. I, and I love Dusty Springfield. Mm hmm. Luther Vandross on Young Americans by David Bowie. Fuck you, I have that too, you piece of shit. Also <laughs> uh, worked with the Rolling Stones and Chic and Diana Ross. Uh, Vandross is a G. Yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson, back up Rockwell. on Rockwell, right? Yep. Somebody's watching me, which everybody thinks is Michael Jackson because his vocals are just unmistakable, right? Incidentally, Rockwell's real name is uh, Kennedy Gordy, who is Barry, Barry Gordy's, Gordy's like, son. Yeah. Hmm. So it was basically a favor. <laughs> um, where am I? Okay. Uh, Gary Barlow, Rick Astley, Kiki D, and Robert England. Yes, Freddy Krueger, Robert England. Huh. On Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Oh, uh, I just had Rick Astley. I didn't know if, uh, the, all of them. Whoa. Wow. And I feel like Lion this is like style? the third time I've brought up Lion King on this. Yeah, you really yeah, you are that. a fan. When was the last time you watched The Lion King? Clearly, you need like to fucking. Decades. Last night. First off, grow right. the fuck up and watch The Lion King. I guess. Um, this one's for you, Katy Perry, on uh, Goodbye for Now by POD. And she toured with them as well. Right. For your shitty 2000s yeah. playlist. Uh, Whitney Houston, I'm Every Woman by Shaka Khan. Oh, sure. She was doing backups mm -hmm. a lot. John Lennon, fame, fame by David Bowie. Yep. Sting, Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Dire Straits, okay. Chicks for free. Michael McDonald, who is just all over everything and people don't realize that Michael yeah. McDonald does not get enough credit. Um, Asia, Katie Lyde, Kid Charlemagne, All Steely Dan. Um, another passenger, Carly Simon, Ride Like the Wind, Christopher Cross. Oh. He's on that bit. Uh, a bunch of Kenny Loggins stuff, a bunch of Joni Mitchell stuff, a bunch of Aretha Franklin stuff. Interesting. That motherfucker did work. Yeah. Ride Like the Wind, I'm really happy about. And the last one, which is my favorite one, obviously, Phil Collins replacing Peter Gabriel in Genesis. Sure. Because uh, he was right. the backup was singer the backup and drummer. And drummer, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, do you want me to add a couple more? Now, this, so mine also included musicians but also singers okay okay so again songs that would not be as good as they are without non-band members yeah right so also i put the kids from another brick in the wall part two okay who sing the chorus uh i put in roy harper for half a cigar mm -hmm. he sang it and said it wasn't roger waters that was purposeful obviously <clears throat> right yeah. um eric clapton on while my guitar gently weeps mm -hmm. he plays the guitar in that. I didn't know that he plays the yeah. solo yep. yep van halen plays the guitar solo and beat it he sure michael does. jackson yep um flea and dave navarro play guitar and bass on you ought to know by alanis morissette ah cool, good right? one yes yeah. um 
Uh, Stevie Wonder. What? Sorry, go ahead. Okay, Stevie Wonder on Brand New Day by Sting. And also, uh, I guess that's why they call it the blues, Stevie Wonder plays the harmonica on both. I did not know that. That's cool. cool. How cool is that? Yep. So apparently Sting like uh, idolized Stevie Wonder was like, I need to find some reason to get Stevie Wonder. (laughs) So he's like, let's throw a fucking harmonica in this song and got Stevie Wonder to come on and do the harmonica for him. That is fucking wild. Just to do that song. But then uh, again, also, um, I guess that's why they call it the blues. Um, John Popper, also on harmonica from Blues Traveler, plays harmonica on What Would You Say by Dave Matthews. Oh, mm. that was it. I Those are my only additions. One more. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan plays guitar on David Bowie's Let's Dance. Oh, cool. There you go. True story. And John Lennon co-wrote it with him. Oh. oh. Yeah. Interesting. Well, how about that? Yeah. Well, how about that? We, yeah. we learned a lot today. We did learn a lot today. We learned a lot today. Yeah. yeah. Feels good, sirs. Good job, everybody. Thanks. All right. Well, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap it up. Yep. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Tell all your friends about us. Uh, take out an ad in your local newspaper and a 30-minute TV spot on your cable uh, access. Does they, does that still a thing? I, cable access? I think it is. No. But no. I truly don't know. College radio or something? I don't know. Tell everyone you know about us. Yeah, tell us which playlist you want. Yep, tell us what playlist you want. Uh, yeah, and tell us what uh, Nicole's new middle name should be for the next episode. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.